You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. The 757 is steeped in high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give local sports the spotlight it deserves every single night. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. Seven five seven at six ESPN Radio ninety four point one. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler, keeping us up and running. Jason Henderson, kind of a monster, and we could end the conversation there, but that'd be a lot of dead air. Jason Henderson, ODU linebacker, uh, racking up All American honors, which I, I should point out is recklessly impressive to do so from the group of five because voters, they tend to give the benefit of the doubt to the big boys, right? They tend to give the benefit of the doubt to power five. They use things like level of competition, quality of play. Uh, They use terms when talking about the group of five, talking about their schedule as uh, cupcake. So it is very difficult for a group of five player to get the same type of recognition. So the fact that Jason Henderson has already been named a third-team All-American by the Associated Press or a second-team All-American from the Football Writers Association of America is impressive in and of itself. But it gets more and more impressive the more and more you look at it. Led the country in tackles. He had 49 more tackles than the number two tackler in the country. 49. Third most tackles in a single season in FBS history. He broke the ODU single season tackles record in the eighth game of the year. The eighth, I could go on. And maybe I'll come back and go on. But for right now, uh, I want to talk about a different way that he is impacting ODU. Obviously, the number one impact this guy is going to have on ODU football is his play on the field. Right? I mean... He made every tackle. So how, how could you how could you have more impact than that? Not every tackle, but sometimes it just felt that way. Uh, but we were talking with, with Dr. Woodseelig, ODU's athletic director, earlier, and we're talking about Jason Henderson and the the accolades and all these sorts of things. And uh, I liked it. He described him as as a meat and potatoes guy, right? Old school. Compared him to Dick Butkus. How about that? You ask somebody about a linebacker in 2022. He got compared to Dick Butkus. Not like, oh, he plays a little bit like uh, Shaquille Leonard, right? There, there was no, well, if you know, if he works hard, he could be a Fred Warner type. It was straight to Dick Butkus. That's a, that's a, that's a cool deal, right? It tells you everything you need to know about a player very, very quickly. But then he also said he's already committed to sticking around and playing at ODU, finishing. Uh, he wouldn't go anywhere else. Those sorts of things. It's It shows there are guys like that. And if you are a group of five and you don't want to deal with the portal in the way that, that everybody is, is complaining about, you need to add a new checklist item to your recruiting profile, right? Because the, the thing that everybody's worried about is anybody that has a great season at the group of five level will only be at the group of five level until the next opening into the transfer portal, and then they're going to skedaddle on to the power five. 
And we've seen it with some players from ODU already. Or a couple that are in the portal and Ali Jennings, who's in the portal and committed to Virginia Tech. Jason Henderson fits that bill, right? Went to a group of five school, developed himself, worked hard, worked with the coaches, saw a role, took advantage of it, became an All-American. So the the logic would say his first move is going to be entering the portal and seeing what he can be at the, the Power 5 level. That's what the, the concern is. But instead, he's doubled down on ODU, saying, why would I go anywhere else? Now, that's big for a few different reasons. One, you can recruit off of that, right? You can go into the portal and say, hey, edge rusher, that's really highly recruited, really highly touted. We really want here. How would you like to know that if you ever miss a tackle, that guy's got your back? How would you like to know that you can pin your ears back and go get the passer because we have Johnny tackles a lot behind you that's going to scoop up all the run game? How would you like to do that? You can recruit off of that. But also add that to your checklist, right? When you're when you're recruiting players, coaches have a checklist. Certain things on their checklist are mandatory, right? Academic qualifier, right? Good person, right? Those things are like non-negotiable. I mean, the school won't let you in if you're not academic. Like the NCAA won't let you play if you're not academically eligible. So that's a that's a okay. He's academically eligible. Check. But then there's also like we want speed. Every position has a 40 time we're interested in. Check. Okay, we want uh, our linebackers to be able to cover. All right, we need to get some ball skills. Check. All right, we want our linebackers to be at least 215 pounds uh, when they get there with the body to hold a frame of 235 or more. Check. Like whatever there are, and every team has different, right? Every team, every position coach has different things they're looking for. Some coaches are like, my corners all have to be six foot or taller with long arms because I like press coverage. Some are, I need my wide receivers to be fast or big or strong or whatever it is. I think one of the things you have to add are like super duper loyal, right? And I don't know how you judge that, but maybe, I mean, when you're talking to their coach, when you're talking, it's like, all right, is this guy a, a foxhole guy, Right. Does does he build relationships that he is unwilling to break? How committed is he to your program? How likely do you think it is that if a better offer came around, he would leave your high school? And better relative, a different offer, right? We all know that person. And, and there's nothing wrong with that person, right? But it's like, it, the the job and I'm invested. I'm invested. I love it here. I'd never leave. I'd never leave. I'd never leave. Somebody knocks on their door. Hey, we got an offer for you. I'm listening. Maybe you eliminate those people from the pool, but guess what? Everything's a sliding scale. So it's all right. We're only taking guys who we have concrete stories and anecdotes and 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 character witnesses that say they are incredibly loyal and incredibly determined to to stick around okay but you might have to take someone with a little bit slower 40 time okay but you might have to take someone that doesn't have great hands or great tackling ability as much so right used to say i know nobody's slower than four six now it's nobody slower than four seven those little things can all add up but i do think they're important enough Right, it's it's another thing to add to your checklist, 
if you don't want to deal with the portal in the way that everybody is afraid the portal will affect the the sport right if you just get jason henderson and the jason henderson of running backs and the jason henderson of quarterbacks and the jason henderson of defensive line and the jason henderson of cornerbacks and and you just have all of these guys that get super dedicated and if you helped me get to where i am i'm not going to abandon you and they have all those kind of narratives in their head you'll be fine You'll have a team full of all Americans that aren't going anywhere. But yes, you are signing yourself up for a more difficult task. Yes, you are signing yourself up for more more hurdles and more obstacles that you have to overcome when assembling your team, but them's be the breaks. You want a guy that has, you know, 28 tackles a game or whatever the heck he had, and I know that's an exaggeration, but not much, who's willing to stick around. That's that's the gold mine. That's what you're hoping for. That's what you're looking for. You know, you, you, you hear about these, like Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones was the same recruiting class as Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Think about that. And then he stuck around, waited and waited and waited, and then finally got his, his chance as a senior took advantage of it, went to the pros, and everyone's like, why can't everyone do that? Why can't everyone stick around and compete? And I'm going, because everybody ain't built that way. You, There's a lot of people out there that wish they were built that way mentally, but they're just like, I'm not. If I don't play for two and a half seasons, guess what? I'm not in the gym as hard. Even though I want to be, I wish I was, everyone's not built that way. So... Do everything you can to identify who's built that way and who's not built that way and only recruit the ones that are built that way if that's the way you want to run your program. The other option is you might be able to get faster, bigger, stronger players if you say we're recruiting you to ODU, but the moment you have an All-American season will help place you in your SEC school of choice. Well, This is actually a, a kind of a good example, right? And I think this might be the way I would run if I were ODU's head coach, if I were Ricky Ronnie, we traded places, and you're listening to the Ricky Ronnie show, uh, and I'm running the ODU, right? This is myth, mythical, magical, fairy tale land. If we switch places, the way I might consider running the group of five uh, would be based off of this. There's a story, might be a legend, might be a myth, might be fake, uh, of Bill Belichick when he hired Charlie Weiss, or when he promoted Charlie Weiss to offensive coordinator, whatever it was. And he said, listen, I don't want you leaving here to just go take any old job. So tell me now, before you know, before you have the tremendous success here that I think you're going to have, what jobs are your dream jobs? And then when they open up, if they arise, I'll do everything I can to help you go get those dream jobs. But if a B-rate version of that pops up, I'm going to expect you to stick around because I think this job is better than that. And one of them was head coach at Notre Dame. Right, Charlie Weiss was like, hey, head coach Notre Dame means a lot to me. The prestige, I think I could do it well. That's the thing. So then when Charlie Weiss had a tremendous amount of success with Brady and Belichick in, in New England and the Notre Dame job opened up, Belichick was like, all right, hey, let's go get it. Right, this is you. We had that conversation. I'm all about it. So I would almost do that, right? I'd recruit players and say, listen, I know you, you, you're a two-star. You probably wish you were a five-star. Give me where you think you should play, right? Your top five schools, lofty, right? Is it Bama? Is it Georgia? Where is it? And if we can get you there, I will do absolutely everything I can do to get you there. 
but I'm not going to do absolutely everything I can to get you to uh, Oregon State. Right? If, if, if you never even considered or wanted to go play for Arizona, then I'm going to expect you to live out your commitment here. Like, let's put our cards on the table. But if you don't want to do that, just find people that are super loyal, like Jason Henderson. This is the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. We'll be back with a little ODU basketball who isn't playing men's basketball, isn't playing until next Wednesday. But I think what they're doing right now is pretty darn important. I'll tell you what coming up. All over Hampton Roads. For the best in local high school and college sports talk, it's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can also follow me at Donnelly Sports. That's D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. Old Dominion men's basketball little scheduling quirk, I would call it. Their last game was on the 10th, so we're looking four days ago, which was a wild game. We talked about it yesterday. 44-43 win over Gardner-Webb. Their next game is until the 21st. So we're looking at a week from now. It's finals week this week. That's why there's no games this week. I see what's going on there. They practice still, though, right? Correct. They do. That's the important part I'm looking at. This is a team that had seven new players, two new assistant coaches, and were attempting to play a new style of basketball coming into this year. And we talked about how difficult of a transition that would be, how difficult of a transition that is. And I think it's nice to have a moment where you're not game planning, right? You're not hitting scouting reports. You're not getting ready. And you can just kind of look back and reflect on how the transition is working. And also, you can have a moment where you can have some honest conversations, right? It's it's it's, it's ironic because we were talking about it earlier on the Tim Donnelly show with Mac Jones yelling at his coaches. But you've heard, I'm sure everyone has heard, the uh, the cliche or the piece of marital advice, don't go to bed angry, right? Don't go to bed, don't go to bed mad. Don't go to sleep angry. When it comes to sports, it's almost like don't go into a game mad right? Don't go into a game angry with each other because that's going to show up on the court. So there's two options, right? Either you got to solve the problem or you bottle up the problem and don't bring it to the surface, right? You don't tell them that you're having a problem. I got a problem with uh, my shooting guard, but I'm not going to bring it up because we have a game tomorrow, right? We're just going to bottle up, pretend everything's okay so we can still high five each other after uh, free throws and it's not awkward. But when you have 11 days, you can say like, hey, man, listen, when we're running the floor, get to the corner. You're a shooter. Stop doing all that dumb stuff thinking you're a dunker. I'm not talking about anyone specifically, but I'm saying those types of honest conversations need to happen when you're playing with someone new for the first time. Or, hey, listen, dude, I'm the point guard. All right? That, that, that's a lot of basketball arguments start with, hey, man, I'm the point guard. Because that means I'm, I'm about to tell you, I make the decisions around here, you do what I say, and most people don't like hearing that. But it's, it's little things like, hey, man, when you're setting a screen, don't slip every time. I know you like getting the slip dunks and the slip points, but most of the time when you set a screen, it's about getting me open. 
or getting my man off of me so someone has to help and I can kick it to someone else. It's a team thing. And when you are playing with somebody for the first time, you might not feel comfortable going down that path right away. Or if you do go down that path right away, it might be a two or three day scrum. It might be a little bit of a back and forth. And if you can't go into a game mad, which you shouldn't, you might not have enough time to bring it up, fix it, fight over it, fix it again, be cool, dap it up, right? Talk about uh, a movie, put the water under the bridge and keep playing. So I think, you know, with with all of this new, and it's good that they got on a little three-game win streak going into this break for finals, apparently. Uh, Finals. We don't go to school. We go to... I'm not here to play school. I'm here to play basketball. Shout out to... uh, What was that? Cardale Jones said we didn't go to Ohio State to play school. But what I'm saying is this. When you have that many moving parts... Occasionally, it's nice to have a break with no games that you can just look at you. And I'm not even sure. I mean, basketball, they have to have some form of off-season ball. But in football, you get spring ball. Spring ball is great. Right? You're really just focused on you, right? It's your little own, like, uh, glow-up, right? Where you're just like, I'm focusing on me. For That's what spring practice is. Spring football is 15 practices, 14 in a spring game where you're focused on you. You're just looking at my own makeover, right? You're trying to do up everything that you do. You are trying to focus on yourself and basketball, especially in season, you don't get that. But they have 11 days. I guess they'll be a little distracted with finals, but, but if they're practicing, they're putting in the work. If they're well-prepared, they can do a lot of focusing on you, right? They can do a lot of me time, maybe a spa day, get a massage, get a little manicure, pedicure, right? Take care of yourself, self-care. The basketball form of that is like get back to playing a little pickup, a little scrimmage. Basketball form of that is watching film with a teammate. I used to like the difference between watching film with you and with a teammate is is crazy. Right? The, it, or I'll use this example from from my playing days. Watching film as a quarterback room was brutal. Right? Because you're all just you're all just watching the quarterback and the coach is just I mean, you might get a all right, this is a nice nice throw. But way more often, you're just getting picked apart for everything you're doing wrong. That's what film's for, right? Film don't lie. It's, it's harsh. But when you're watching with, say, the offensive line, or when you have a whole offense, it's a lot more questions. It's a lot more, okay, coach, if they do that, what do you want me to do here? Or, or the offensive line, or the center, right? Would you, would you have rather I sent this protection to the right and then, oh, all right, well, yeah, play it back again. Let's look. And it becomes more collaborative. You can do that when there's no game coming up. When you have more time, when there's something like finals, which is, hey, I got a final from 11 to to 1230, but the rest of that, my day is clear. Who's available at two? I'm going to grab some lunch and go watch some film. You can do the question thing with new people. Hey, on this fast break, I ran hard to the, to the, the, the low block. 
Why didn't you get me the ball? And is, and, and I'm not I'm not saying like, hey, throw me the ball. I'm saying, is there somewhere else you would have wanted me to be? Like that kind of stuff needs to happen for this team because they don't know each other that well. And it's going to be difficult with the way the transfer portal is to ever know each other that well unless you have some hard conversations when you don't have games coming up. That's just how the world works now. Right? It used to be, unless you were a super stud freshman recruit, Right, You'd come in with your recruiting class, you'd have a couple of the sophomores, and you guys would be like the third unit. And you'd play, and you'd play, and you'd be the scout team sometimes, throw a couple walk-ons on there. And, and you guys would get to know each other. So then when you're juniors and you're in the game, and, or when you're sophomores and you're, you're seniors and you're in the game and you're playing, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know him. We used to have to wear our jerseys or our pennies at practice inside out because we were playing as the other team. Now we're in the game and I already know him, but that doesn't happen when you bring in seven transfers, guys from Xavier, guys from Wichita State, guys from Juco, guys from uh, regular recruits straight out of high school. Like when, when you do that with seven different names, you don't have that history built up. So you got to have a crash course in that, which you, you have a chance of doing when you have one game over 19 days. Because even after the game on the 21st against uh, George Mason, you then get another eight days until you play Arkansas State. So you have one game over 19 days. I don't care if it's final season or not. You don't get that kind of time to work on you, to have me time on your team time that often. So this is low-key one of the more important stretches of the ODU men's basketball season, and there's nothing for us to see. We're just fingers crossed hoping they're doing what they need to do behind closed doors. It's like a bye week, only basketball. They don't call them bye weeks, but they should. It's a 757 at 6 here on ESPN Radio 94.1. When we come back, Sports Illustrated put out an an interesting little article involving uh, one Daniel Snyder and Tanya Snyder. Stick around. Right here right now it's time to talk high school and college sports in the 757 it's the 757 at 6 on espn radio 94.1 757 at 6 espn radio 94.1 those of you that follow the commanders you know a few things maybe a bunch of things but we we're not going to get into all of them we know that the 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 team Bought 100 acres of land closer to us, kind of towards Richmond area. And hey, that could cut down a big old commute if they build a stadium there. We also know that Dan Snyder is the owner, and many people wish that wasn't the case. We also know that a couple of uh, weeks, months ago, they contracted, meaning the Snyders contracted Bank of America Securities to aid in possible transactions with the team. And uh, we weren't sure if that meant a minority stake or selling a minority stake, selling a majority stake or something that we couldn't foresee. And today, about two hours ago, the Sports Illustrated put out a article that said they're likely to sell. The Snyders are likely to sell. And 
I should clear this up. I should add the context, though. According to Nikki Jabal of the Washington Post, Roger Goodell did say there was no discussion at today's league meetings about a possible sale of the commanders. Just giving you both sides. But as soon as the headline says, Snyder's likely to sell, ooh, right? Ah, everybody gets excited. The article was actually a lot of stuff we already knew, right? There's the, these investigations and the Snyder's contracted this bank and all of these things. And the price would likely be astronomical. We're talking like $5 billion as kind of a floor, uh, which the the Broncos during their recent sale broke the record for highest paid uh, North American franchise at $4.65 billion. So this one would shatter that record and maybe get as high as 6 or $7 billion. All this stuff is stuff we already know. But there was a nugget, just a morsel, that I think changes things a little bit. I didn't know this. Maybe some of you that are more involved in the financial world did. Um, but Dan Snyder, we many of us know, he bought out his minority partners back in 2021. And there was a lot of uh, drama, right? Reportedly, they wanted him to sell. They were trying to force him into selling. They were not. But when he bought them out, this from the SI article, he bought them out for $875 million. Hefty chunk of change, right? I, I don't know uh, how many people out there can essentially personally execute almost a billion-dollar deal, but he did. That transaction required the other NFL owners to grant Snyder a waiver to take on an additional $450 million in debt. Okay, that all seems normal. I think I, I, I may have even heard those numbers before, but it didn't, didn't stand out to me. Which he must, this is the part that went, ooh, he must repay by 2028 if he remains owner. I don't know if he has $450 million in, in payoff cash available. And I don't know if he has the means to go get it. Even you could be the most successful business guy in, in your state and might maybe not have $450 million in straight cash, homie, to pay off a loan that you need to have paid off by 2028. And with the way that the business has been run, meaning with the way the commanders have been run, do you think there's a long line of of minority stakeholders that want to give them a billion dollars for some small slice of the pie that doesn't even give them a controlling interest? I don't think so. I think a lot of other owners, if they needed 450, they would just say, let's sell 20% of the company and they would have their $450 million. I don't know if he can do that because of who he is. What he's known as, his reputation. So you might say, well, he could wait till 2028. Yeah, but do you want to be selling when all of the buyers know you have to sell? You probably want to sell when everyone's like, yeah, he doesn't have to. Because then you can sit back and bluff, right? Oh, that's not nearly high enough. You can negotiate. That, you know, the the thing you're looking for is for lack of a better term, something to light a fire under his you-know-what, right? Motivate him to get up and get moving. Motivate him to get up, field offers, and sell. And this might just be it. That might just be it. Owners don't like losing transactions, and I think if he waits around and he has to sell, he would lose a transaction. Right? The, The only thing that I can think of that would even maybe possibly get him to walk away voluntarily would be is if he sets an astronomically new high watermark for how much you can sell a franchise for 
in America. Right? I'm talking about like the the Broncos sold for 465, 4.65 billion dollars. If he could walk away saying like I sold it for 7.2, he might walk away. Cuz then then I mean he's got something to stand on on the way out. They enforce me out. I got an offer I can't refuse. They gave me an offer I can't refuse. You may not have been able to see that because it's radio, but I puffed my cheeks up like, thank you. I was sitting there, took out $450,000 million loan. They bought the team for an offer I can't refuse. Where's James Caan? Hmm. The more and more that, that like they're actually passing away from that movie. That movie's a legend. Shout out to James Caan. Rest in peace. But here's the deal. Right? Here's the thing. I've been here before with a 10-point checklist of reasons why it's likely that Dan Snyder is going to sell the team. And up to this point, he's never done it. I think that 2028 deadline is different. I think that's new. I think that's something that we should pay attention to but I don't know if it's enough to get him out. Speaking of getting out, I'm going to get out of here. Robbie's going to close out the show when we come back with Robbie's Roundout. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow for a Thursday edition of the show. We'll get you set up on the Tim Donnelly show for Brock Purdy in prime time. Thursday night football should be a good day. I'll see you then. Robbie's got you from here.